22nd today. Yesterday was Matilda's nine-month birthday, and we are going to Bawaka Homelands, uh, south of Nullumboy. Pretty cool. No one in the car's been here. We've got Alex in the car, Tamika in the back right seat, Holly in the middle. Gorgeous Matilda is playing with the seatbelt, just about to doze off. Car's full of camping stuff, we're going to go on a little camp to a place no one's ever been, which is pretty exciting. Um, can you just explain what sort of landscape we're through at the moment, like what the conditions are, Alex? Um, it's a bit smoky today. They're doing some burning off. Yeah, yeah, they're doing some of that, so it's a bit smoky. We've just gone past the mine, I think it's Walkside, yeah. and so it's quite red dusty everywhere because that puts all the red dirt in the air. Um, we're still on Tahar at the moment which is interesting. The trees are all skinny, none of them have really big fat trunks at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's basically just kind of red dirt, tar in the middle and trees on the side. So, a couple more questions. Okay, from my perspective, Tamika is Alex's best friend or one of them? A hundred percent. And then from my point of view, anyway. <laughs> I don't know about our Alex. Let me deliberate. No. <laughs> and Holly's Alex's goddaughter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Poor big snake on the road, dead as usual. Um. So like, we've been telling you what's going on with Matilda. Can I just get like your your guys' perspective on on, on like what what's what we've been going through and what what's been happening to Alex and I and Matilda? Look, to be honest, it's probably one of the toughest things any parent would have to go through. Um, but my understanding of the situation is that Miss Tilly's little heart is not as strong as it could be. It has some defects and it's been pretty tough for you guys. And we felt pretty bad because we would have loved to be there with you, supporting you guys. But we also understand you guys need your own space to go through this together as your family, just the three of you, and how important that is. We're just on the outside lurking whenever you want to phone call Alex. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a place to drive 6,000 k's to. Exactly, to run away to. We're always here. <laughs> but essentially, like, we would do anything for you guys. Anything. And we're just so grateful that we got to meet Tilly. Yeah, it's been a good adventure. It's been a great adventure. And Holly, would you be able to just explain a little bit of, of um, Matilda's personality to everyone? 
I think she's really, I think she's really cheeky. Yes. Yeah. Also, <laughs> kind of very sleepy. <laughs> also, like a very kind of heart, a happy personality, and. And very clever. Yes. I was just gonna add that. As a psychologist that does lots of intelligence testing, she is so above where she needs to be. And she's always observing and always processing information. And always observing my toes and trying to eat it. Yes. (laughs) But she is so advanced and you can tell she's a little wise old soul that's definitely been here before. Yeah. Yeah, just like you. I think the cleverness might come from the dad's side. (laughs) No, I think it comes from Alex's side. Oh my god. I love it. Um, okay. Matilda's still awake back there, just hold on. Just. Hold on. Eyes closed. Eyes closed. She just head bubbled. Little head bubble. Oh, she no, might she's be. out. She's out. <laughs> she's out. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just heading down the track now, leaving Nalamboy behind, heading for Balaka homeland. It's actually um, really special that we've been invited to go yes, with um, these guys, Aunty Nat. Um, because usually, if you want to go there, you have to do a huge tour. But um, we've been invited to go and spend the day and have a barbecue, so we're really blessed about that. Yeah. We don't know if we're going to get into it, but there's some sort of healing thing going on. Can you guys explain maybe a bit about that to me, Kurt and Holly? It's a, so the ceremony is kind of like a sign of good luck to bless you and have longer lives. Me and Mum, I think, have already had the blessing. We've had the blessing already from, I think it was... Family. Yeah, Daniel's family and Yaya. So Aunty Nat's Amala, so her mum, Minyongo, wants to do like a healing, healing ceremony sense. for Tilly. Not necessarily to fix her heart, but to just bless her soul and to bless you guys along the journey. So it's super, super special. All traditional herbs and things will be used. So hopefully it'll be lovely. We've just hit the, we've just hit the dirt. Officially on the track. Um, Officially on an adventure. The ties that bind us seem impossible to explain. They connect even after it seems like the ties should be broken. Some bonds defy distance and time and logic because some ties are simply unbreakable. It will soon be one year since my Rory died. One year of impossible, unfathomable disbelief. Of being neither in time nor of it. There is before Rory, there is Rory, and there is this existence without him. So now seems an alien concept that I'm not sure exists. Each moment of the day drips away slowly, inexorably. It feels dreamlike. Reality is just outside of my grasp. I am not mad. I am not slipping into despair. In the moment, I can smile. I am happy. I am not victimised by this. I tell our story, our truth, 
to have you bear witness, to give you my son's story. Those moments pass, so slowly they are quick, and then a week has passed, a month, and now a year. Where is my son? Rory, I'm lost and I need you. So I'm kind of hoping you guys could hear the ocean just then. I'm in a bit of a whisper because I'm laying next to my sleeping baby girl. It's had a big day and it's past 9pm. I can't, um, I'm currently in a kind of glamping tent next to the ocean um, at Bunny Bunny Beach Resort. So this is our second night here and it's beautiful. We have your beautiful blue crystal aqua and blue clear water. You can see to the bottom. It's a nice little bay here and um, despite the recent croc sighting apparently it's fine to swim at. And so I got to spend some time by myself on that beach um, because my friend and her daughter went snorkeling, which was super nice, just sitting in the sun and taking it all in. But missing my baby girl. I think I find, I find, I realise it's actually, I find it very hard to spend some time away from her. I think that it's quite different than time alone. It's like, I can definitely be alone at home, knowing that she's somewhere around there, but actually spending time away from her is um, it's quite different. Sometimes when I'm having such a great time, I then get these incredible lows because it makes me sad that that's limited for Tilly and I, so everyone Isaac and the others went and had a, a bonfire on the beach and as much as I feel like that I'm missing out on, you know, mucking around around the bonfire, I honestly just wanted to sit here and be next to my baby girl because I just, it's like I miss her already. She's so beautiful with a little blood nose. She's definitely got a little bit of sun-kissed cheeks at the moment. She's growing up so fast. She's turning into such a little toddler. Even though she's got a long way off yet, but you can see her personality continue to blossom. Lots of laughing and giggling and swimming, loves swimming. Adores being in the sand. It's just really hard to describe when you're missing somebody that's already here, knowing that they're going to leave. It's like completely, it's such a strange sensation to really, to really um, describe. 
and that's probably the closest to a description that I could probably get was that it's like when you really really miss somebody but they're right next to you and that's it's just insane but she's she's amazing she's my everything I don't even know describe it. I'm so tired though. She's been teething so much. I'm so exhausted. Come on, Baba. We did well considering we have a baby. I would have liked to see it's done a bit quicker. Oh shit. So tire pressure's down to 33. The car hasn't fully warmed up yet. 33, I'm a bit worried. No problem. So tell me about your morning, tell me about your night, Mum. And a really lovely night last night. What did we do? We put Tilly to bed, and then we laid on the blanket around the fire and looked at the stars. And that felt really good because I had a bit of a moment yesterday afternoon. You did? What was your moment all about? Fuck this Well, I was looking at Matilda. And I was sitting around the fire. And I felt like I already missed it. And it made me feel really sad because it's also being making all these beautiful memories and having an adventure with her and all that kind of stuff. But um, it also makes me sad because I, I don't know if I'll ever get to do it with her again. So that's what my moment was about. It's a trip out, isn't it? Because no one gets to relive the experience with their children. No, but I don't. I don't. I think my. I think my sadness was that I didn't know, because we don't know how long she's going to be around for. It's like, will we get another chance? Will we not? I don't know. So, so we're, today we anticipate on arriving at Nullumbai, which is sort of like the desk. boy. We keep saying it wrong. Nullumbai. I'll just call it the Gove Peninsula because <laughs> call it, which is a bit of a weird thing because it's like sort of the. The, the, the bit on the map that we picked out to get to. So by getting there, we feel like we're halfway through the adventure. Which means the adventure's over, you know what I mean? But and I think we're kind of realising that we don't want it to be over, so... I just kind of feel like I'll get home, and getting home kind of... At this moment, for my in my in my psyche, like, I feel like getting home is like this whole... I'm just going home to, like, wait for Matilda to pass away. And I'm like, oh, it's just definitely not time for that at the moment. At all. Well, it's 10-4, 10-4. 
Reckon left or right? I reckon left. The concept of future can be such a difficult thing to process. Yes, we knew Rory was going to die, but I never imagined my future without him. Therefore, plans and concepts and studies and life involved the complexities of Rory. It was like existing in two worlds all at once, one that knew the concept of death and another that couldn't conceive of its finality. Time trudges on despite our losses, despite our feelings that it shouldn't. The cogs of life keep on turning towards a future I cannot imagine. Now this day, when Matilda and her mum and dad rocked up at the bush campsite, they pulled up on the red gravelly dirt road and saw a crocodile slide down from the opposite bank into the water, stare at them and then start swimming away. Oh my goodness, cried out Dan. I can't believe I've just seen a crocodile within two seconds being in our campsite. That's crazy. Mummy was the strongest person in the world, Matilda. Even though Daddy can beat her in an army. That's it, cried Matilda. Well, I'm going across on an adventure now, guys. Stay away from the water, said Mummy and Daddy. No worries, said Matilda. She went off on her adventure. She went down the road, not too far, and she heard somebody cry, Hey there! Matilda was looking and looking. In the distance, she saw a pretty face wallaby. Wow, you're so beautiful, cried Matilda. Oh, thanks. I actually just grew up like this. You're quite funny looking, actually, but very, very beautiful. Thank you, said Matilda. Where did you come from? Oh, I've been growing up here my whole life. We see a few people come through this campsite, but none quite as adventurous as you. Where did you come from? Oh, said Matilda. I come from a very, very long way away. I come from a place called Tuntable Creek. It's in between Nimbin and the Channel of northern New South Wales. I don't know. Oh, I've never ever heard of such a place like that. It's beautiful, said Matilda. What is there to do here at your place? We do many, many, many great things, Tilly. We're always vigilant, Matilda. Always keeping your eye out for crocs. Why so serious, Matilda? Why so serious? Yeah, often we just have that right for breakfast. Awesome. Well, me and Matilda are going to have a week. Yum. 
So I'm just going to paint a picture of the view that we have this morning. We have a beautiful dark green lagoon lined by all the paperbarks, so the melaleucas, which are all on a bit of a lean towards the lagoon. And the sun shining through all the leaves, shining towards us. We're a little bit further up on a bit of a bank, further up to stay away from the crocodiles. There's lots of sparkling going on in the water. Maybe some barramundi in there. We've heard a lot of big pops in the water. The bird life is amazing. And the sun is now warming us. It's actually becoming daytime and a little bit past morning. All the trees are a dull shade of green instead of, I suppose, the rich green colours that we really see down home. You can definitely notice the difference of landscape. After 12 years of life, what do you keep? At what point does the measure of the value in an item become more or less a thing of substance? My intentions were to give myself some time with Rory's things and then to start the process of sorting. I have 12 years of things that have my heartstrings wrapped around them. To anyone else, his video monitor that I used to obsessively watch him on at night when he first moved into his own room would be better off in the bin or given to someone who would make use of it. You see a piece of plastic with a cord wrapped around it taking up room. I see safety. I see comfort. I feel a sense of he's okay when I look at it. I have socks, so many socks that I loved. I had a thing for buying him socks, really fancy cool ones. Marvel socks, compression socks, soft socks, foxy socks, shark socks. How many do you keep? His feed machine still has the same line attached from those last feeds. His medications are still where I left them, ready to be prepared. I have syringes, bottles, feed lines, toothies, nappies. I have his bags from Hummingbird House still packed with funeral items in his last clothes and blankets he used. Every item has value. How would you choose? Do I put it all in boxes, shut it away from sight? Do I leave them alone, shrining them? Do I choose a few, discarding the rest? What do I sell? What do I donate? How would you choose? I rely completely on my instincts with this one. It's all I can do. It's relieving to know, though, there are others who have done the same as me. Gosh, I couldn't even empty his bin till a week or so back. But I'm not the only one. I'm not nuts. I'm not holding on unnecessarily. This is real. This is grief. There's no handbook on grief. We have theories and steps and stages, but honestly, it's grief. It sucks. It's hard and confronting and full of confusing clarity as well as a defiant fog. It's instinct on overdrive. It's love with nowhere to go. And it's goodbye in increments while still being attached to their soul and presence in a profound way. So I'm Andrea Cole and I'm a nurse practitioner. And I'm Ingrid Hardy and I'm a transitional nurse practitioner. 
Um, so I'm the nurse practitioner from Hummingbird House and we had baby Matilda um, in our care for end-of-life care at the end of last year and then she transitioned from end-of-life care and has ended up coming home to northern New South Wales. So we're just down here from Hummingbird House to have a joint visit with Ingrid, who is her supporting nurse practitioner, um, just to review the baby, see how they were. I want to talk to them a little bit about what end-of-life might look like for Matilda, what the options are and then also a little bit of after-death care. Yeah, so I mean, I've been lucky enough to visit them. I've just been out once since they've been home and they live in a beautiful bush um, property uh, surrounded by bush. Um, they're lucky that their home wasn't burnt down in the recent fires. But they're very calm, a very calm, loving couple and very beautiful with Matilda. So it's actually really lovely to see them together as a family in their home environment. And the prognosis for her, as far as I am aware, and it's always tricky to tell with babies. So when she was born, it was not expected that she would live. And then she did. And then we were told it would be days to weeks. And now her cardiologist has said it would be months that she'll survive, but not years. Yeah, so when I saw her, she was actually doing really well. Um, she was still feeding. She was feeding really well. Um, no real problems with breathing or anything like that, but I haven't seen her for a couple of weeks now. But Alex is telling me not much, like that's still the same. There we go. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. Oh, look at all the childhood. Yeah. So that's, yes, yeah, it's really see at their back door you can't miss it it's just been incredible really how they did not lose their home they do not know mm. wow. I've never found it coming on through you know we're out of our phones broken and there's helicopters flying around and stuff like that with water bombs on them Oh. We're just like, oh no, we can't check the internet to see what's going on. Oh, don't worry about it. But she's off good. Yeah, she's off no. good. She's It's beautiful with snow, that's why it's gorgeous. And you've been eating and telling. Yeah. You've been eating chubbin? I think she has put on it. Yeah. She feels like she has. Yeah. Then wait on it. I think she has around it, but you know that's a good Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then a little bit around it, like you can see in her, in here, in here, in here, in here, in here. And even these are like, just getting the, the boobies. <laughs> and the rolls. And the rolls, yeah. So cute. You have perfect shoes. Yeah. Because you've been a good girl. Oh, oh very cranky pants. She has just got those double chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely didn't have that last time. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, you go this way. So what did you use that Christmas? to try and stay here. Yeah, that's what we talked about. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that these guys are here that's for right. us as well. Yeah. Um because we're comfortable with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. we like yeah. you, so just so you know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, like, it makes for, like, um, such a community nurse. You know, like, if she ever yeah, had so a driver, what would... Yeah, so the community nurses yeah, could change it. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah. And Silver Chain as well, we'd yeah. get them involved yeah, as well. So there is capacity to, yeah. like, you know, have To increase the support. Services, yeah. if, if, like, when or yeah. if it's needed. Yeah. 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 yeah, this would be plan A, but if it gets too much for us, we, w- we would rather go to ha- back to Hummingbird yeah. if we can, rather than yeah. go to Lismore Hospital because yeah. the yeah. hospital is just so clinical and like. Yeah. Well, like we can't sleep together. No. And I was like, oh, that's not even if she was really unwell. Oh no, we could. Remember, they did have a big double bed there, but we just didn't get it. Oh, but I didn't. That's not what I understood. The nun came and she goes, "Oh, I had the double room for you, but I didn't know whether that meant a double bed or whether that meant." Um, um, but like I don't, oh, whether, yeah, that was just too big. But anyway, but yeah, they were lovely. Lovely yeah. nurse. They were like, do you need a work certificate? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Supervisors out there. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, so there would be good support if you wanted to stay here. And then if you yeah. wanted to come back up, of course, you'd be welcome. But I just want you to be in the place where it's right for you guys. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. You could try here and then that's if you felt uncomfortable and uh, Yeah. 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 And then Jenny gave us those um ice packs. Oh I thought so, I didn't know she gave you Yeah. I've got I don't know if we wait, where did we put that? It's in the top cupboard, top of the okay. cupboard. Well I've got some frozen so you can just put in your freezer now. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I should have actually checked with her because she she does know all the things. She does know all the things. She, she does, does know all the things. Does. She does yeah. know all the things. <laughs> Did she talk to you about when you would need to use them and chain? Uh, kinda. She just said that you put them underneath yeah. her after she's passed and then change them when they melt. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you need to do that probably within two hours yeah. after death. Yeah. Because what, what we want to do, are you comfortable to talk about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, because what you want to do is to give you the longest time and whatever time you need is fine. So you don't have to have a long time. But, to give you the longest time with her after she's died, you need to get her cool quite quickly. Yeah. Um, so within two hours. So you put, yeah. um, I'll show you because I've got some ice, but I can't. But with, you can cut the ice to shape, so you kind of cut it so it's on her belly and on her back and behind her neck if you can. Or yeah. you just leave the, the back one a bit longer so it sticks up past her neck. And you just swaddle her as you normally would. Yeah. Cuddle her, do whatever you need to do. And then you change that ice out. <clears throat> now, in our hummingbird house setting, it lasts about 12 hours. Yeah. What we know is from mums who cuddle the babies a lot, it probably will melt in about six hours. Okay. So you just change it out and you just put it in your freezer and then you get the fresh ones out. Yeah. And you've got days if you do that, if that's what you want with her. Yeah. So you have your chance for your family to come if that's what you need. Yeah. yeah. And then if that happens at home, yeah. you guys help us with her transitioning out of the house we would that way, we or? probably would do that if you'd want it oh, okay so ella montaki could probably help you with that unless okay. you guys have it yeah that's good yeah yeah just yeah. um because i was like what do i do then no no, no you so what child. you would do is you would ring us okay. and let us know and then we'll activate our plan and probably ellen and myself or maybe jen tacky one of us will come down yeah and support a transition into the care of funeral director if that's what you we'll want go, we'll go for the yeah. water we can help you find a funeral director. Okay. There's yeah. there's no law that you have to go into the care of a funeral director. Okay. Um, she can stay with you. Okay. The only time that we really need one is when we are actually going for the final destination. So we're going either for cremation or burying. Then we do need one for legal purposes. But yeah. Ellen will help you with all that. Okay. And we've okay. done it before. We've come down. 
we had a little a boy in this most so we came down for him and we supported that family okay. we can go back with him tomorrow okay perfect yeah so you'll be by yourself okay. yeah. and if you need someone locally more well we will like quickly around, yes obviously. yeah if you need someone quickly because yes, it'll take us time around. to get here obviously. yeah so yeah. in the interim we're certainly <coughs> around yeah yeah and we could work we'll work yeah. together yeah yeah. 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 Perfect. yeah and with the palcare team as well yeah yeah there's a lot of people watching out for you yeah yeah it's great so. Yeah, everyone's like, what are you doing this week? And I was like, oh, Tilly's team's coming down. Yeah, yeah. Tilly's team. Tilly's team's around. <laughs> Get a big week at Tilly's team. You know. <laughs> <Tilly>. Yeah. <laughs> They're all so jealous. Jen was like, oh, I want to come down. I don't know what you want. Because I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn. It's so true. I'm like, yeah, you'd know you'd like to, but nah. That's what I was going to say. Like, everyone's going to be so jealous of you coming down. I know. I know. So <laughs> this place is going to blow away. It's amazing. Beautiful. So that's all about you want to get home. Yeah, it's alright, there's a bigger one who comes around. Big what? Joanna. Big what? I thought it was a bush turkey. I thought it was a snake. 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 I thought it Tonight, I washed my child for the last time. I dressed my child for the last time. I dried him. I memorised every part. The two beauty spots on his chest. His long, slender hands. His perfect face. I counted his fingers and toes as I did at his birth. I ran my fingers over his soft skin and through his thick, fiery red hair. I picked his last outfit. It looks so beautiful on him, my beautiful, sleeping boy. We received his forever bed, and it made me smile. We got a wrap done on it of his picture, Rocket Rory. It's magnificent. A fitting bed to carry his body back to Earth. It's not been a good day today, this day before I say goodbye to my son's body. I woke nauseous, dry-retching, knowing I only have a day left. I felt on the edge of panic, adrenaline coursing through me. Doom is near and I can't escape. I've laughed and felt guilty. I've cried and felt emptiness. I felt numb and overwhelmed all at once. There's a hole in my chest. I've done all the preparations as much as I can, but nothing prepares you for this. I know I'll be okay. I'm made of strong stuff. I'm the mother of a lion. But by times I'm not. And that's okay too. I've tried to be in every moment, to just sit with each experience. But some go too fast, some too slow. Time is weird still. My memory is shot. My thinking is flawed. I know this is because of the flood of chemicals in my brain that are dulling my frontal lobe, but it's hard not to be frustrated with yourself. I'm dreading tomorrow like nothing else. I don't want to do this, and yet I would be nowhere else. I feel like a child, small and frightened in the dark. How am I going to do this? Grief is a literal step-by-step minute-by-minute survival trek. I'm okay, 
then I'm not, then I am. So very proud of my Rory, though. He is beautiful. His life has been beautiful. He is inspiring and brave and strong. He's a true lion. I can't believe he's gone. I put one foot in front of the other and I keep on going. Hey guys, it's Isaac here. Matilda turned seven months and two days on Sunday. I suppose I was just doing a little recording right now, just outside on my veranda. Nighttime, beautiful night, just a candle. Um, just to sort of remembering what's happening and my future self or for anyone else that's going through like a, a similar experience like this, you know. Today we talk to our cardiologist and he called us and he had his little board meeting with the other cardiologists and stuff like that. And there was this operation that we were looking for for Matilda. It was Glenn's in a Fontan's heart. And we were, I don't know. We were pretty excited for it, I suppose, because it's like an option. Like we thought we could do something to sort of improve Matilda's health. And the cardiologist, or we found out last Friday that her her valve, her, her one of her valves, the R aortic valve is leaking much more than it was a month or two ago and so they've all recommended that a surgery the surgery we were looking at doing which was actually quite a scary procedure is no longer on the cards for us so sort of feel like the heavy talking to specialists and trying to figure out what's going on I sort of feel like it's a bit of a relief because that's all over like for some people like they might just be getting another adventure where they're starting to do all these surgeries and I don't know I'm sort of excited for that because it just added an element of hope and I suppose now that I'm feeling like a bit hopeless it's almost a bit of a relief for me Sort of, sort of, again, like when we were diagnosed at 20 weeks, sort of feel like the world's crashing around, around me and there's not anything I can do to fix it. Don't think anything's going to get, oh, I know it's going to get bad, but I know. I could definitely haven't got the worst yet. Like the day I lose my daughter, it's just going to destroy me. I suppose that's what's really hard to think about, that like, there's really nothing I can do. Like one day in the future, I'm gonna lose my daughter. And like, oh, she's such a hard thing to get your head around. Prepare for like, how do you prepare for that? If I could just like trade it, I would 10 times over, like 10 of me, like she, I really couldn't be more proud of her. She's been absolutely amazing. And then I think she'll be stronger than us the whole time. Like, I just miss her and she's still here. Like she's inside five meters away from me. I think you can just freeze moments in time. Hey?
hope this doesn't weigh me down too much. Like I really got to focus and enjoy the next couple of months. She's eating food now, solid food. She says mum. Hopefully she says dad soon. Always like this one because from the movie Matilda, which we watched the other night. Excellent movie. And this is destroying me, this whole thing. <sighs> Just love her so much. When Rory was born, I boarded a ship. A lovely ship, seemingly seaworthy, but with hidden dark corners, kinks that never quite worked, and I wasn't in charge of where it went. Some of us knew a little boat would come to take our charges away, but even though some of us had a time, sometimes that little boat floated just out of reach and then went away again, teasing us with its false promise. Our ship sailed for many years. The sails got ragged, the crew tired and overworked, overburdened. There was great love and humour on this ship though. Even with its horrors, we were together. We were family. But sometimes we saw our friends go in the little boats. We cried for them, knowing their pain but wishing we could travel with them. Sometimes there were many little boats. All had the names of their charges emblazoned on them. We wanted to follow but could not and would not. Our ship was a friendly face, the known in the unknown, and our charge was still with us. One day that little boat will come for us too. I fear it, hate it, love it, long for it, but I don't want the searing white pain at its destination. My ship, though lost and crumbling, 
is safe and loved. For Rory. And for Leo, Mason, Miller, Riley, Jax, Cody, Suli, Faith, Natasha, Marcus, and all who have sailed away. So it's a pouring, raining day, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And we thought we'd set the table up with some paints. Yeah. And what, what are we painting today? Beautiful patterns. Beautiful patterns. Something for Mum. Something that for Mum. That she may not know. Oh. How do you make orange? Add a little more yellow. No, 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 you wasted all of that. Don't waste it. Put it all back in there. Why were you asking what Rory's favourite colour is? Because I'm doing something on here about Rory too. To help remind you about him. Yeah. In my mind, I need to think about him. Mm. And it's just I love him. Yeah, we'll got you love him. What's your favourite memory of Rory? I'll tell you what eyeballs make me think of. <laughs> what do eyeballs make you think of? Why? Why is that? He loved eyeballs. <laughs> he did love rain too, didn't he? Yeah. Yep, that's why I think that. That's why I look outside. Yeah. And, he, and it makes me. Um, think does this have to dry before I put the glitter on? Yes. Do you miss Rory? You yeah. nodded. What do you miss the most about him? His laugh. <laughs> he had the best laugh, didn't he? Could you describe his laugh for me? <laughs> <laughs> it was full of joy, wasn't it? Yeah. I miss you laugh, Rory. <laughs> but still we got to hear his laugh. How do you hear his laugh now, Ari? I made green. <coughs> Green. You did. With green Sometimes colors. looking at stuff it can remind you of stuff. Like what? And people. Like whenever I look at orange or, or any other color, it's, my head just goes Rory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favorite uh, memory of Rory, Ari? It's this. I His laugh. No, let her speak. Let her give me her own memory. Um, his laugh. I love his giggles. His giggles. And you, giggles loved huggle, you loved hugging him, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Giggles are laughs, aren't You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are grey. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. The other night, dear, as I lay sleeping, I dreamed I held you in my arms. But when I awoke, dear, I was mistaken. So I hung my head and I cried. So I'm sitting in a hospital room at 9.09 
um, a few hours after Matilda's had her sixth trip into surgery um, for this stay of hospital life and um, just really reflecting on what's happened over the last 18 months and even obviously before then, before she was born. And I feel like I'm in this really strange space where I don't know how to feel because I've spent so long grieving before a loss that now is replaced by such an intense hope that Matilda will have some sort of normal, happy, longer life post-surgery. And I suppose in the last almost four weeks since we've been at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, having undergone, undergone the biventricular heart repair and doubting that we'd made the right decision to go down a surgical route after, you know, having for 15 months uh, palliative care route and now I almost think I'm almost afraid to believe that I can let that go, that that part of our lives we can move past and we are now going down a different path and moving in a complete new direction and it's really hard just to sit here and even think about how I feel about that. I just really hope that from now we can support her in moving forward and sorting this delirium and developmental stuff out and allowing her to rehabilitate and get back to her cheeky little monkey self because that's what she deserves. She deserves all of that.